the right way in the first place. Um, Cause they were like, it, they made a big thing about it cuts off 1.2 miles. And then they were like, you go do, do one, do one more mile. <laughs> well, but isn't it two more miles, right? Because well, you I guess do, you do a mile and then you got to do the mile back. Okay. So maybe that's what it was. Um, either way, I'm not sure once Fessy missed the ax throw, I think it was just kind of over for him. And well, it was over for pretty much everyone who missed the axe throw. It seemed like, I guess, what uh, banana, did bananas? No, bananas made it. Yeah, I mean that's what I was gonna say. It was the same thing with Tori. Like, she arrived at the axe throw in decent position. I don't think she was in first, but but she was right there. And by missing the throws, which by the way, Fessy, it felt like there was some bad luck involved. Tori, I gotta say. We Bad found form. something she does not do well. <laughs> because she did not. She looked totally unnatural throwing the axes. She wasn't even hitting the target. Like, she never had a shot there. And I two think. Handed. She needed to go two handed, I think. She, she did. One. Yeah, everybody but her went two handed, I believe. And she even saw people yeah. doing it. I couldn't believe she didn't try it. Anyway, it, it was a bad moment. And that's the thing about these challenge finals, right? I mean, that's why even though we you know, favored Fessy and Tori. I think even when we talked about it last week, we talked about how tight it was at that, at the top of those rankings, you know? And we specifically talked about Chris being a significant threat in in this final. And I got to say winning this final and in the fashion he did, this is the best rookie season ever, right? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of what, you know, because obviously some rookies have come in and won. I think you have to at least consider the turbo season, which I think we all sort of like to forget. Um, that was an incredible season. <laughs> yeah, but um, but turbo didn't have this level of, like, obstacle. The right, thing, he didn't have the whole house against him. Right, you know I mean? the weird and thing about... to go in elimination after elimination. You know? Yeah, people were scared of Turbo from the very beginning, right? So right. he almost got the Fessy treatment of like, we don't want to throw you in because nobody wants to be down in the sand with you. Uh, so... Boy, just in terms of the the adversity he had to battle to get there, um, the the competition in the final, like this dude really put together an incredible rookie season, incredible, yeah, and a very deserving winner. Right, like I mean, I think was really you know played played the whole final really well, yeah, uh, and was pretty much there the whole way. So, um, kudos, kudos to him. You know, yeah, I think you have to um, mark it off, and it sort of brings me to this question. You know, when you look at um, one survivor beating a group of veterans, and then on the women's side, you know, the last three players left all being survivor. Like, did survivor make a statement? <laughs> you know, like they they essentially beat the challengers at their own game. Um, I mean, 
I, look, did Survivor make a statement to a degree? Yeah, I don't think we can deny that to a degree they made a statement. Um, I'm not sure it suggests that, like, <laughs> the Survivor's coming to take over this game. I mean, I will say they they managed something that rookies in the game rarely do, which is to just retain the mental fortitude to use the advantages you have. Right. I think they understood numbers. Right. right. They understood numbers and sinking together in a way that Big Brother maybe didn't. Well, maybe they didn't, or maybe that's sort of just luck of the draw in terms of who got eliminated early um, and, and the composition of the Big Brother and Survivor teams. But I'm, I'm talking more about past seasons. Um, even when challenge vets have been wildly outnumbered, they've been able to sort of work a voodoo-like magic on rookies and, and more or less trick them out of doing things in their self-interest. Um, there was some of that this season, but not nearly as much as usual. And in particular, I mean, we said Chris already, but in particular, I think you got to look at that trio of Desi, Michaela, and Chanel and say they played a spectacular game. I mean, to, to, to enter with a, a core three-person alliance and have that three be the final three in the game is a pretty remarkable achievement. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as critical of, as, as I have been in times of Michaela's paranoia um, and sort of her general approach to the game, it's, it's tough to argue with the results. She's unpleasant. And for her, some of that was because she... You know what I mean? Was able to back it up in in challenges, which he needed to. You know Some what I mean? It, yeah. But it worked. I yeah. will say, however, uh, a couple of things about Michaela. Number one, uh, three things. Because one, to to sort of follow up on what you said, she's just wildly unpleasant, unnecessarily. And I I still think more often than not that comes back to bite her in a way that's not good. Um, she is also. But I think she's she's liked in the house, though. I think. Like I don't. I don't. There's know not. I mean, who's not? Other than Amanda, you know who's I mean? not liked in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like the. It's like it's like any athlete. Like for the most part, they close ranks and tell you everybody's nice. Yeah, well, um, I think the people who are unpleasant are the people who are not liked in the house usually, right? So I don't know. I don't know, man. I like I. I think she probably is. I don't know. I don't think she's as liked as as it it might seem. But that's beside the point. I just think in the long run, that sort of behavior is going to catch up with you, whether it did this season or not. But that's that's separate. There's two things specifically from this. Well, if if you can before you get to the two things, um, you know, Josh raised the point on the challenge podcast about Chanel. Um. And basically, how brilliant her social game was this season, right? And sort of implied that that she was kind of the glue that kept uh, of the house from really like trying to come after these three girls. You know what I mean? That she sort of her social game brought other people into things. That she was kind of the the charisma. From yeah, the group, if you will. You know I, I mean? buy that, uh, which is not something I, which is you know, I think a lot of that happened, you know, off camera, essentially. You know what I mean? Or right, I mean, at least not on the show. So yeah, off I, show. Yeah. I fully, I, 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 I could believe that. Um, I just, I'm not. Again, like we never know that stuff, 
I just find it extremely hard to believe that Michaela was not pretty off-putting based on the behavior we saw from her. Um, <laughs> I see that. Except, I don't know. Like when you when you watch, you look at photos on Instagram. Like people like seem to like to party with her. <laughs> yeah, like know, maybe she's weird, a cool you know person, I mean? but that doesn't mean that 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 the. The, the gameplay is not going to come back to bite her. This is irrelevant because it it yeah. will or it won't. We'll see. Um, right. We'll see. Th- the two things from the show. Number one, she part of the reason she is off-putting and unpleasant on television is that she's hypocritical and impatient and bratty. She acts like a brat a lot. And that is, in fact, what lost her this game. She, instead of just waiting five minutes, she passed up on the ATV challenge and completely eliminated herself. I mean, then she also fell out medically, but she she eliminated herself by not having the patience to wait for three minutes because Desi got to do it first. But like... If you had done it second, you'd have been two minutes behind Desi, and it still would have been anybody's game. And instead, she stomped off like a brat and stomped herself right into the ambulance. So, like, (laughs) even though being bratty in the house didn't ultimately come back to bite her in the form of someone putting her into an elimination, her, her, like ridiculousness is the thing that killed her in this game and then on top of that afterwards in ITM she's trying to act like it was a reasoned strategical decision when it clearly wasn't and she's like hey look I made a I made a play and it didn't work oh well and it's like well that's why I don't think you're probably going to win real soon because that wasn't a strategic decision it was a toddler decision where you stomped your feet oh i can't wait for this and just stomped off oh see mm, well all right i i read that differently i'm not you know i would not say i'm a huge Michaela fan i do think she made at least a conscious choice of i could get ahead of uh her rather than you know rather than wait and maybe that will be an advantage you know what I mean? I do think that that was. I don't think that that was a decision made out of. Um, right before she walked off. Right before she walked off, she said, "Well, I guess she gets to go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not saying that she liked it, but I don't think that that is. Uh, like I said, I think she. I don't think she went. Well, I gotta go now. You know what I mean? I think she went. All right. Well, do I want to wait for this, or do I want to, uh, you know, not take the risk and see if I can get a head start? You know. But what risk? There was there was almost no risk to just hanging around to see if Desi got it. I mean, I don't know. It, you guys you weren't the head start. That's the whole point. Did you lose that start? <laughs> like, if she, if you, t- if you take that run and she doesn't get it. Then you've got a big advantage over her. No, you have a small advantage over her. But if you give up your opportunity, what do you mean? how long do you stacking those ten rocks and then weighing them out? How, you think that took five minutes? Yes, at most. Oh, go ahead and go ahead and try to carry ten rocks two feet, 
and tell me how long it takes you. It doesn't take long. You're, strateg- you're strategizing and trying to get the weights right and figuring all that stuff out. Like I, I don't think anyone did that in five minutes. I don't, but I can be that wrong. I strongly disagree. And and either way, so, and, and even if even if it was five minutes, a five minute head start versus a car in a foot race is more than a, like it's almost more than a mile. You know what I mean? So or hold on. It's about half a mile at best in these circumstances. And again, it's irrelevant if she does this thing that you don't even really know how hard it is because you didn't bother to stick around and take a look at it. And there's nobody ahead of you. So, like, the the I'm sorry, the risk assessment does not add up in any way. There's no argument for doing that. None. Unless no, look, you think... No one is saying it's a good decision, but I, what I'm saying is that I don't think it was a temper tantrum decision. I think he made a choice. He took a gamble, and she lost, like she said. I don't. Well, I don't if know. that's what I don't it was. Think that well, no, fair enough. If if that's what it was, then she's just an extraordinarily stupid gambler, which is not a better th- thing. <laughs> like, if that's the kind yes, of gamble yeah. you're gonna make. For like long I odds, I, said, I made a two hundred fifty thousand dollars decision. It was the wrong one, and I think that that is that's yeah. But that yes. implies that it was it that that like a reasonable person might go either way, and that was not the case. That's yeah, what see, I'm I saying. I, I, if you're like, being reasonable, I mean, you can't you can't forego the opportunity to drive a car instead of run. It's yeah, ridiculous. Look, I, she clearly she didn't weigh out the stakes of the advantage. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty clear. So if it so, was a strategic decision, it's one of the worst strategic decisions yeah, I've ever it's seen. A bad, it's a bad strategic decision. I think that that's yes. All right. That's what happened? I well, for someone better. who's attempting to make a reputation as much on strategy as anything else, and who talks down to ten-year veterans about how good her strategy is. I don't think that's necessarily better than doing it out of a temper tantrum, but but <laughs> pick your poison, I guess. <laughs> Ooh, man. Spicy on Michaela today. <laughs> I just, I like, she's hoisted on her own petard, and I get yeah, satisfaction yeah. out of that, and I think it shows exactly why I've been saying all season long, like, she may get very far like this, and she is very strong and capable in this game, but she will not win behaving like this. Apparently, it just doesn't really happen. The glutes are quite something, apparently. <laughs> What'd you say? Apparently the glutes are quite something. As, as yeah, well. I heard her glutes are, are phenomenal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of phenomenal glutes. I was like, how much look at her ass have you been doing, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I just I feel terrible for Corey, man. Like, I know. Even Corey didn't feel <laughs> terrible for Corey. <laughs> I just—he's never gonna win this game. It—he tries so hard. He gives it everything he's got, and just—he's just not smart enough. He's just it's not smart problem. enough. It's that's that's you know. And you're right. That part of it is sad because he's—he seems like a, a lovely guy. You know Seems I mean? like a good dude, um, plays the game hard, cares, you know, shows up and, and like, entertains and just does not have what it takes, I don't think, to ever win. There's always going to be something in the final that trips him up too badly. And I got to say, I was shocked 
when he had when he did not at least not finish last place in that strength final. Like I don't I can't understand what happened there without seeing all the footage. But you kind of knew at that point, like, oh man, if he didn't grab a lead in this part, much less fall behind, this is gonna be a rough couple of days for our guy. Yeah, you know, that, I had that question and I wrote this down in the beginning. You know, like in, in a two-day race, how much of an advantage is one minute, two minutes? You know what I mean? Three minutes. Um, well. And you know, like I didn't, I didn't know that anyone would kind of get to minus five, <laughs> right? But, but even still, you know, it, in a race of ten miles, five minutes ain't that much. You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, if you think about it, it's half a mile. But which but is, but as it turned out, right? As it turned out, um, yeah, yeah. Look, it's not nothing, but it's overcomable, is what I was saying. But as it turned out, with the, you know, between the the various edges, those those played a lot of. Uh, those played a big part in that race, which you get, right? You know, like, you know, if, if somebody else doesn't, you know, if Chris doesn't get the car, maybe Corey does win. You know what I mean? So who knows? You're absolutely um, right. You're absolutely right. But it does seem like there are always going to be enough Corey hurdles along the way that he's just never going to get to the top. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but that's what that final felt like to me is like, that this is as, probably as good as it's going to get for for Corey. Yeah, well, it's like you, you know you, you're gonna you know you're gonna have to eat stuff to win a final, and that's killed Fessy before, and you know there's gonna be mental stuff, you know, and it's it's like it's just having an Achilles heel. It's an Achilles and, heel, although Fessy <laughs> Fessy ate like right Fessy, Fessy easily Fessy's best eating performance. Yeah, easily. Easily so. by a million miles. I like top to bottom. It was the best season for Fessy, and and it, it, you know, it really felt almost like luck of the draw that he didn't get one of those axes to stick. It just a brutal break for for the guy who I still think like if there was a a, a favorite belt, like Fessy has that belt heading into any given season, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it brutal luck that he? He got the access to miss, or was it brutal luck that he followed the signs wrong? Yeah, yeah, hard to say. <laughs> that's, that's well, I mean, he followed the brutal. sign wrong after the axes, though. So I kind of think his fate was already sealed. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, he was gonna right. I mean, he was he was he would have been in trouble if he hadn't if he had followed the signs correctly. He would have been in trouble, obviously. So yeah, um, like Tori still ended up last, even though um, she was ahead of a couple of people. Going right. into that run, yeah, man, it's a it's a big it's difference a big carrying advantage. a rock. You know, an extra mile carrying a rock is not great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you can see, like, you know, that bruise <laughs> or you know the way Chris struggled with that rock. Um, here's what I want to. The rock was a big deal. Here's what I want to ask you. Um, do you think? If banana, if bananas had gotten the scales properly, do you think this is a, a close finish, or do you think Chris still had him pretty well? I think it's close. I think it's close. Yeah, I mean that's a really interesting one to me because, you know, it wasn't as idiotic as Michaela, but bananas definitely rushed it. 
Like, it's clear from everybody else that it was a very doable challenge. Um, and certainly not the sort of thing bananas would ordinarily struggle with. But I think he was feeling... I don't know about feeling the heat. I almost think he was tasting how close he was. And like, yeah, just hearing him talk about being, you know, in his forties and competing with these kids and what it meant to him. I think he started to taste the potential win and was just like, Oh, this is easy. I'll just throw some rocks in here. How hard could it be? And if he had taken his time, there's no doubt in my mind, he could get those scales balanced. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he described it as miscalculating. So I think he was, I don't think he was just throwing rocks in, you know what I mean? Like, I think he had some plan. Yeah, no, I mean, of course, I'm just saying, like, I find it hard to believe that if he had really locked in there, he wouldn't have figured it out. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe he rushed it. Definitely, I mean, you could definitely say he rushed it. But again, right, like, Chris has already left at that point in a car. Right, right. Well, and, and I think that's part of it, right? Is like, there is, you know, at that moment, like, not only do I got to move pretty quick because he's driving, but I, if I don't get this, I'm done. And that's, you know, that's ultimately what happened. Um, I, I, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I also was impressed that Chris didn't have to redo the elimination list, but maybe that's easier when you're there. Yeah, I, you know, the other thing is, like, everybody knocked over their blocks, but not, they didn't really scramble them. It seemed like there was a real opportunity to, to cheat at that. that I was, I have that same note in my notes, um, that they, they, they were just in a line on the ground. <laughs> so yeah. I did wonder after Chris... <laughs> Because nobody had to redo that. Like, everybody got it on the first try. And so I was wondering, they like... Added, they edited they it pretty tight, too. <laughs> they did. They really did. But but Chris didn't have that. So he just nailed it. Yeah, he just nailed it. Well, again, he had an advantage because he was down there so many times. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, that probably did help him. Right, that's four off four off the block, and he's like, "Well, I definitely know these ones." You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, the other thing is too is it's like when you're in this house with no phone and TV and whatever, right? Like you're, you're your mind's very much on the game, right? So I think some of these things are easier for them than they would be for us. You know, right? What I mean? We got a lot of other things going on. That's true. Um, yeah, I. I loved how much TJ loved Chris getting the win. Yeah. That was yeah, as excited. Was he like he was pumped. And and it it was a great story, but like you don't I I don't feel like we usually see TJ that pumped at the at the, the at the finish line. Agreed. Agreed. Although he was pretty pumped for Desi too, I thought. He did. He did. Um but I but there was something like Chris, you know, I, and I think that sort of speaks to the nature of Chris's season. Like, love him or hate him over the course of the season, how can you not respect the path he took to getting the win? Like, it's pretty unimpeachable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it truly is. And I guess reminiscent of the way he went Survivor, too, right? He's kind of came back from the dead to win that as well. So Yeah, maybe um, a bit. So I'm, I am... I really think we got a, there are a lot of good future challengers that are going to come out of this season. And if, if that's what we're doing here, 
not only do I think it was a tremendous success in that respect, but this was also, you know, really one of the most consistently entertaining and high-level seasons of challenge that I can remember. Like, we came into it a little worried about all the new characters, and I'm not going to say that was totally unfounded because some of them were, were bunk, but... But in terms of the level of competition, the uh, the sort of awesomeness of the daily challenges and elimination challenges, like all the things by which we would judge, was this a good season of Challenge TV? I feel like this was really high level, impressive. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can argue with it. it was. Uh... It, it was an excellent season. I definitely think it, it uh, crushed the first season of, of Challengers. No doubt. And I think just having a few Challengers in the game made all the difference, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We, that and I think, you know, we t- consistently talked about the Challengers themselves, the the, the dailies and the eliminations and, and how good they were. And I think that that helped a lot. And I think you got to say, like, the you know, maybe for some of the, right, I mean, you have some survivors and big brother players who were returning right um right you know so that i think that they were they were better players than they were the first time around that helped a little bit yeah um, yep but i but, do think you know, they've I mean, having the vets brought it to another level I think. right i think they've found I, I i think that's sort of the big solution here i mean look experience helps everybody but throwing a few vets in the game and you know what? Kind of, although certainly Tori and Fessy had every opportunity once they got to the final. Like, they kind of set the challenge vets up to lose, you know? Like, they, they made it still very winnable for non-challenge vets, uh, clearly deliberately, right? Um, so it's not like they brought so much veteran presence in that it neutered the game for the rest of the people but enough to spice it up and kind of guide the experience i think um and it really it connected this felt more like a fresh meat season of the flagship show than it did like a different show whereas the first season really kind of felt like a different show like a minor league yeah i think all that's correct um but it does make me wonder slash worry you know that if um, if they had gone about just continuing to pick off the vets at the beginning like they were doing, um, you know, how interesting the show would have been. <laughs> so, um, for whatever reason, they, they got off of that path. And, well, I think partially um, they got off of it because the vets started winning some things and consolidated their power, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was less a decision and more they were forced out of that. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's always going to be the dynamic, but even if that had happened, I still think it would have set the tone in a way that made this a better season than the first one. And, and to your point, and we've talked about it all year, like uh, easily 40% of it is just, they, whoever's designing the games did an incredible job this season. It really, I mean, I think the only the only event that we really poo-pooed was the neutered hall brawl. Otherwise, virtually every daily challenge and elimination was exciting and interesting to watch and fun. Yeah. Yeah, it sure was. By the way, uh, Fessy, uh, 
went up bananas podcast uh, with a hall brawl t-shirt on <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> um <laughs> and, uh, uh those two had a good combo well it was interesting to uh to hear them kind of you know ripping on each other and, and sizing each other up a little bit so yeah um you know couple couple of legends there um what is your level of optimism about this new season? The search for a new champion? Yeah. Extremely high. Um, not only do we have, you know, returning champions that I know and love, and, and I mean, the return of CT, which is very interesting. I'm, I'm really... I don't know <laughs> what the word is. I, I can't wait to see what he looks like physically. Yeah, although I don't like he's not a contestant, right? Like he can't win this thing. He's just a part of it. Correct? Well, look, we've seen that turn in the past. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. You're right. That's ostensibly he and the other champions are just roadblocks and not competitors. I mean, maybe I'm putting too much into the name, but it seems like they're trying, they're really going for a first time winner. Well, <laughs> and and I think I think you understand why, right? Like yeah. that, but at the same, at the same point, you never know what they're going to do. And I, I feel like what's the season? Like there's something about the ch- invasion of the champions, right? Remember right. That season ostensibly, they were just there to f- do eliminations, but then one or two of them ended up in the game, if I recall. And I think maybe even won the game. So <clears throat> we'll see. Um, but whether he is available to win or not, Chris Tamborello is 43 years old and I would like to see how, how he stacks up at this point, frankly, <laughs> like yeah. I'm interested in that. Yeah. This is the rare, I would, uh, I would like to see it, but if you're asking me to put a wager on like if I bet on CT at 43 versus these dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I mean, yeah, I probably am too, but it's going to be interesting. I'm interested to see it. And and beyond that, the potential crop of new champions is like very exciting to me. I think some of these are I, I think these are some of the best up and coming potential champions we have. Like Horacio, Emmanuel did like, there are a lot of people here that I am excited about. Yeah. It's, it seems like a good mix. It seems like the new people, um, the new, new people are pretty feisty. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's some international flavor again. Yeah. I'm I'm here for all of it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a season. Um, big T coming back, Olivia coming back, Mariah coming back. I mean, I think I already said Horacio, we love him. Um, Kyland, who I think we both liked as a, you know, potential threat, but got eliminated pretty early in, in the USA season. I don't know. A crazy ass Jay is coming back. Like there is a lot of interesting Chauncey. Papa Chauncey, yeah, come on! Like this is a this <laughs> is a Chauncey. it's a fun cast 
of people we know who have never won. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get uh, we need to get Killer Cam back there competing, speaking of people who've never won. Speaking of parents who've never won Yeah. Parents, I, yeah. I Yeah. I, I don't know. I I would love to see Cam again, obviously. Um I'm I feel like it's been a while now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that, that. Like we're losing, we're losing our pride. Yeah, <laughs> that kid's not a baby anymore. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. She's she's definitely had opportunities uh, to return at this point. So I wonder if she might just be over it. And and if she is, um, I wish her and and Leroy the best. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I, you know, I think feel like you need to check up on them. Maybe they're working on another baby. Maybe that's part of the deal. I don't know. Um, um, yeah, that may be true. In fact, I think... Or she's doing her, her products or whatever. Look, I don't think she's struggling. So, shout out to her. 443,000 Instagram followers. Yeah, good, good on you, Cam. She's rating breast um, pumps, so... She's rating breast pumps? Yep. <laughs> All right, maybe I don't need to check it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it looks I can't tell she may be pregnant again too ah yeah we may have to say goodbye to Cam but either way this cast is looking super exciting and I'm I'm ready to rock and and I love that like we just we tie right into the next one now there's no no down season no I love it I love it yeah why why have an off season Let's just let's just get on with the next one. Um, did you have a burn of the week? Because I did before we get off of this. Oh, um, no, I didn't actually. Biden uh, came from Michaela, <laughs> it was during the eating challenge as Tori was crushing it. The she looks so says, "Girl, something wrong with you." <laughs> yeah, and then Tori proceeded to explain what was wrong with her. Like basically, yeah. I. I grew up eating disgusting garbage food, so I'm pretty comfortable here. Um, that was funny. Uh, the The line that I did have written down was bananas saying what we all already know, but in an ITM, I thought it was funny. It was like, and once again, we've proved, he's like, I've never picked up an ax before in my life. First one, boom, right in the middle of the target. Once again, I've proved that I am good at a lot of stupid shit. (laughs) And he really is, man. He's the king. He's the king of being good at stupid shit, and that's why he is the all-time challenge champ. He's built built a life off of it, for sure. Yep. Um, I I enjoyed, uh, I believe it was Desi who uh remarked that the, there was a symphony of gags around yeah her, yeah yeah and then the producer stepped up with a, <laughs> with a, with a tremendous with montage a, just a brutal symphony montage of gags yeah so uh so good on good on the producers <laughs> i gotta say this Jumping right in this felt i always feel this way a little bit but i also wrote down tori is really getting her tony on in the eating challenge yeah, because she she was like doing a dance and humming to herself, like just it looked like she was cruising. It's just going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Tony. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the the 
actual meal did not seem as horrifying as past meals, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, I thought that looking at it visually, but I mean... I, I you never know. The symphony, of, the symphony of getting smoked for itself. Yeah, I, I, but sometimes I think that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy with some of these people, you know, because I see Bananas and Tori get it down. I'm not sure Tori even puked at all. Yeah. Um, well, like Chris said, he was like, I was fine until you started puking next to me. Right, that is a um, challenge. I have that problem too. So I, I identified yeah. with Chris in that moment. But but I, I felt more than ever that like I could have handled this eating challenge. Nothing else they did, but... The eating challenge. I feel like I could have stacked up well. Well, letting him skip one turned out to be a huge advantage. Yes. And Bananas was very smart. Like, the other stuff may taste a little worse, but you can't be trying to choke down a dry wasabi cracker while everyone else is pouring things into their throat. Right. Right. Especially when speed is the... Right. uh, Exactly. It's a race. Um... Yeah, well, that's, you know, once again, that's where <laughs> that's where the experience of someone like a Bananas or a CT really comes into play. You know? Yeah, so. yeah, because it's those little things that anyone would probably figure out if they took the time to really think about it, but you don't have the time to really think about it in those moments. And having those sorts of little edges be reflex, I mean, that's why Bananas finished in second place at 40-something years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Or was he uh, third? Sorry, finished in third. Oh, I don't know. I thought he was second. It was Corey was second. You're right. Yeah, he finished third. Yeah. Um, because he didn't. Yeah, because he. Because he didn't have the advantage. He blew yeah. it on the scales. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you think Corey? I mean, Corey's going to come back. I think he's obsessed with winning this challenge. Yeah. Do you think it ever happens? Does it ever happen for Fessy? Does it ever happen for Josh? I, I think it happens for Fessy. I am. Like I said, I you never know because anything can happen. But this really felt to me like Corey's best shot. You know, it really. Yeah, did. is Fessy like is Fessy like Joel and Bead, where it's like a just series of a never-ending series of freakish circumstances seem to continue to conspire against him. Or is he more like Peyton Manning, where it's like he's wow. too good not to not to win the whole thing eventually? You know what I mean? Even if it takes a while. I feel like, first of all, I feel like he he has. I feel like Joel that was a tough shot for Joel Embiid that you just you just aimed right there. <laughs> um, that I feel like this was more of his Joel Embiid season. The previous seasons, I feel like he was a little more James Harden. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, you're great, but the reason you're not winning is you. You just um, behind at the end, right? And and you're doing things wrong at the end to to contribute to that, right? Like it, it yeah. is you. Um, this it wasn't season always him, right? Like Casey got hurt one year. That wasn't him. Yes, you know but he I mean? was. But but he also made mistakes in that challenge, and you could even argue that him like dragging Casey along unnecessarily is what led to her injury. That's beside the point. The, I, I would say. Past seasons, he has been a significant participant in his own demise. And this season, I really thought he played it almost perfectly. And just a tough break at an axe-throwing station totally changed the game for him. So this really felt like a just circumstances conspiring against him. And I do think at this point, if he is going to be 
as level-headed and sound across the game as he was this season. There's no way he's not winning in the next few because he's too good. Yeah, we just asked him. Yeah, I mean, that oh. side of it is obnoxious and, and <laughs> makes me question what I'm saying. But but I do think, like, you can be a cocky dickhead, but if you still do everything right and you're that talented, you're going to win. Yeah, uh, you know, and also, like you said, just ask him, uh, it's not just that he's big. <laughs> you know, like, he knows, he knows how to play this game. He knows what he's doing. He really so. does. And I think, I think, you know, unlike... And again, this is not a this is not a shot at his character because I I truly think he is kind of maxing out right now. But unlike Corey, it does seem like Fessy comes back each year with like his game honed a little more. Yeah, like Fessy yeah. is a guy that's learning from his mistakes. Corey is a guy who is limited by his abilities. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's fair. I think Corey learned a little bit over the years, but you're right. I think it's mostly yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. It's not that yeah. it's not that he never learned. It's that at this stage, and he's been in it longer than Fessy. Um, at this stage, like I feel like he's learned most of what he can learn. He knows what he needs to know. He's just not quite clever enough to execute in the critical moments. Yeah, and which is why I feel uh, bad for him because he's not doing anything wrong. He's just not quite good enough. <laughs> Um, you know, and there's not really any shame in that. Like I said, like finish in second, be proud of second place, man. This is yeah. a really hard thing to win. Not many people do. And with so. a five minute delay on the race, like you should absolutely be proud of that. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent for his daughters. Yeah, back home. You know why he's here. <laughs> Carry, carried a picture on the damn final. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and listen, as a as a guy with two kids who would never carry a, a paper photograph for any reason shout out to Corey. <laughs> i mean chris got two kids too right <laughs> uh, at least one yeah at least one <laughs> so um you know good on him man good on him man yeah uh, it's really a tremendous i mean i think the biggest takeaway is chris right like this was an unbelievable season that really announced him as if he's in any challenge moving forward he is among the people I would be worried about as a threat to win it. Yeah, and not like you know, we would not have thought that at the beginning of the season. That's for sure. No, no, but he he really you know he had a little blip or two uh, mentally and socially, but he generally held it together and physically showed himself to be an incredibly well-rounded and high-level competitor. Yeah, so, yeah, and that, what I mean by that is like I'm not even talking about when the whole house turns against him. You know, and when you think like, oh, well, they're just going to throw you down there every week, so you're right. never going to make it. I just mean like he just it wasn't that imposing as a you know a threat. No, so. but as time went on, like you started to see, like he's pretty big, he's pretty athletic, he's he's one of those dudes that doesn't stand out in any one specific way, but seems to be like an eight in every category. You know? Yeah, and extremely determined. Yes, yeah, we got to give him credit for that. Yeah, so. Uh, I would say if there's any one thing that he shines at, it's that you know he's gonna fight until the end. <laughs> yeah, he is, no <laughs> doubt. Um, so yeah, great season for Chris. Like I said, that's I don't. It's hard for me to think of a more impressive accomplishment, honestly. So yeah. Um, all right, should we uh, should we turn our, our heads to some culture? 
Yeah, we got a few things this week. And um, I feel like it's been a while since I had stuff where I didn't have a pretty good sense of what you'd be saying. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this week's content. All right. I should say at the top, I did not get to follow the House of Usher. I didn't forget it. Um, you so just put that you you filtered out episode. there for a second, but the bottom line is we're pushing the fall of the House of Usher to next week. Yeah, yeah. I, I was saying I just ran out of time, just didn't didn't have time. Um, okay, uh, but that's we can cover the other stuff because I watched all of that. And <laughs> where would you like to begin? Actually, just, there was there one of these what you're more curious about my take than, than others. Um. Let's do fair play. Um, I, I don't want to say I really enjoyed fair play because it wasn't necessarily an enjoyable experience to watch fair play, but I thought it was very good. <laughs> um, you know, it's obviously anytime you're watching a movie uh, about the breakdown of a couple, and boy, is the breakdown spectacular <laughs> like um you know a stunning flame out of a dissolution of a seemingly happy relationship uh but i thought the way that it was drawn out was uh, or played out was um surprising and uh provocative and um, can I ask what why why provocative? So, it was so tense and emotionally charged, I would say. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a fan. So go ahead, ask your question. Why? What? What do you mean by provocative? Well, you didn't think the ending? I mean, like, I, I, to me, that is a um, that's a hell of an ending. <laughs> Other way to put it? Yeah. Without, uh, to what end? Without just straight spoiling it, you know what I mean? I guess, but so, like, so here's where I'm at. Uh, I agree that this would... Hmm, what's the best way to put this? It does seem to me that everyone involved in this film did exactly what they intended to do. Which is to say, I found the acting performances very convincing and compelling. The tension created by the drama, despite the fact that, like, there's not a lot of violence in this movie. I mean, it certainly gets violent. Um, but most of it is hints and threats, right? And Yeah, it's emotional violence. It, it Right. And it does an incredible job, I think, of pressing that button in your chest that, that makes you feel that tension. Um I guess I'm left at the end of a movie like this. And maybe this is more about me and learning that like <clears throat> erotic thrillers are just not my jam. Um, like, why did we do all this? I, I why? like, I, I guess for me, there does, because if it's just like, Oh, look at this fucked up relationship. Wasn't that tense? Um, then I guess my answer is yes, it was, and I wish I had not wasted my time, because. Well, but I mean, I think it's about, you know, how uh, people can love each other, and events can cause that love to break down. Right. Well, if um, the you know if, what I mean, like I that's, guess, that's but the if point. but if we're supposed to believe that 
this was pretty much a good dude who, if he hadn't been confronted well, I don't think with, we're supposed to believe that at all. I think, I think, <laughs> but if we're, but, but okay. So, so then, I mean, the takeaway for me is either every, every apparently supportive man could literally become a horrible monster if just like his lady friend has too much success or well, no, I mean, I think this is like, like, you know, how... or this guy's a, frankly, if, if you'll excuse the language, this guy's a fucking pervert twist who happened to be doing a good job of convincing this very nice lady that he wasn't. And maybe, maybe that's the case. And I, if that I, is I, the I case, think to me, it's more like, like, you know, like COVID was like the perfect antidote to Donald Trump. You know what I mean? In, in a way, right. Where it was like, it was the kind of situation that played on all his flaws you know, like I think that this sort of setup of her getting a promotion that he thought he was going to get, you know, clearly his career and his career at this particular firm meant a lot to him. Right. Yeah, I like know. It was, I... The, it was the perfect button to push to unleash this, the, the everything that's terrible about this guy as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess. But then I like to me, there's not there's just and again, I. I they did a good job, and obviously there are people who like this type of movie. It's eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You liked it. I, I'm, I, I think I am revealing more about myself than about the film. But for my purposes, if a movie like this isn't saying something mildly interesting, I have no interest in it. And and to me, there is no interesting middle ground between. This guy was always a piece of shit who just didn't show it. And everyone could be a piece of shit given the right circumstances. And, like, the first one's well, totally uninteresting. And the second so, one, to I mean, me, like, is look. a bunch of bullshit. Because I can promise you, as an unemployed radio host right now, with my wife making all our money, there's no level of success that she could have that would make me turn into a monster. You know? It's just <laughs> right, not a thing. You know what I mean? And like, like, no, but I guess that's my point. If this movie is trying to say everyone has a button, I call bullshit. Mm. I don't have. I'm I, sorry. I don't have that button. There's no button well, that's gonna make me rape my wife. It's just not a thing. It doesn't exist. I mean, sorry. Look, I'm not gonna sit here and explain how you might rape your wife. No, I like, know, not, but, know. But but I but I it, say, so it doesn't have to be me. I, I I fundamentally I say, like if you were looking at the circumstances of that that rape, if you will, right? Like you know, like I look, I'm not. I want to be clear. I'm not trying to defend the actions of the character in that situation. Um, but I think the film does do at least a uh, a decent job of explaining how he might have gotten to that situation. And right, so I guess what I'm might have been confused about the no. That well, given but what I am saying, not just again, not trying to justify ignoring said no. What I'm saying is that no. did not. I am unconvinced by that. What I'm saying is I don't believe that's a thing. I don't believe that an otherwise, you know, decent human gets there. I just don't. And I, I would also say, like, I think that. You know, right? Like in more on the button pushing case, like 
where clearly like you know the the woman in this relationship and I tells you a lot that I'm not even holding on to her name right now uh, as a character um, I she right like is not without blame here right like she does some pretty terrible things in the end I think particularly at the very end um, you know and I, think I don't know I'm pretty okay she was driven she was driven to those things by this guy's terrible behavior but I right. think that again goes back to the point of you know in, in circum- certain circumstances we're all pretty capable of being awful and terrible to each other well right but 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 there's a big difference there because the the central thing like to me this movie from an emotional standpoint depends on the viewer believing that you know if if enough things go wrong that are nobody's fault like this guy who is otherwise decent rapes his his fiance i, I don't buy that i do buy that after this monster rapes you, you'd stab him and try to ruin his life because he raped you. So, like, that's a that's too big a hole for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the the like the like. Well, you know, look, if if you had the the wrong bad day, but but this like the circumstances of this do not equal. I'm so angry. I try to ruin her career through first a variety of insidious sneaky means and then by outright like shaming her in front of a client and then I'm still so mad that when she appears on the verge of forgiving me I rape her like I just it was not it did it didn't work for me and sorry that we ruined this movie I'm I'm realizing now um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we pretty much, pretty much gave the whole of it away. I mean, she did again prior to the rape smash a glass bottle across his head. That did happen. Like that's you know. So I'm not like you know. Like I said, I, there's I, I think no question about who's the bigger asshole here. Well, but it's not just uh, a bigger like, asshole. You know saying, like, like, I like, guess what I'm really but at saying. The same time, she's not. This is not. It's not exactly an angel. I'm not saying she's an angel. What I'm saying is the flaws that were exposed in the female central character, the reactions that she had felt reasonable and believable to me. The reactions that he had (laughs) felt like he was a psychopath to begin with. And frankly, if he is a psychopath to begin with, this is not a very interesting story. And if he's not a psychopath to begin with, then the clear implication seems to be if, like, circumstances slightly conspire against you, a normal, loving, essentially gentleman is always right on the verge of becoming a psychopathic yeah. rapist. And that just... Well, he went to Duke, so clearly, clearly he's... It's a good point. That is a good point. And maybe that is yeah. the critical factor that I had not considered. <laughs> I think we can all agree that uh, the message of this film truly is don't go to Duke. Don't go to Duke. They'll put something inside you and it's going to come out at the worst moment. If you take anything away from this, don't Just ask Grayson Allen, you know? You end up becoming a real sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the only one I can list. 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Shane Battier, speaking of Dukies I don't hate, Shane Battier made an appearance on Celebrity Jeopardy this week. Shout out to him. Oh, he did? Yeah. All right. I Not a good appearance, but he was there nonetheless. Dukies you don't hate. You know who I surprisingly don't hate anymore is Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, like... Yeah. I'll ride with Austin Rivers. Seems like yeah. And it's a double whammy. He's a, a, a Dukie and an Epo baby, but but um, he seems to be a generally reasonable human being. <laughs> <laughs> Double with me, dude. And somehow, somehow, JJ Reddick is on that list for me as well. I just yeah, life is weird. Well, you know, well, you weird. know what it is ultimately, because I think you and I are are similarly aligned on this. Um, it's easy to hate anybody from Duke, and and also I should say justifiable. Um, but we're people. And when human beings show us their personalities and we kind of like them, it's hard to keep hating them. Yeah, because sports hate is not real life hate. It's exactly. Kind of hate. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, like, so. I really hope Grayson Allen never does a good podcast because I don't know that I could uh, get over the joy of hating Grayson Allen. Yeah, like, I hate Bryce Harper with just a <laughs> fiery, fiery passion. Yeah. But I could... But it's all sports hate. So right. I can see some circumstance in which that totally flips at some point. You know totally. what I mean? Because I know nothing. Nothing has nothing to do with him as a human being per no. se. No. You know. Um, well, that for now you can at least root for the Diamondbacks. You know. <laughs> yeah. For now. For now. We'll see for how long. Root for some more walk-off <laughs> magic. You never know. <laughs> um. All right. Let's uh. Let's get into. Do you want to talk about Fraser? I mean, no, but we said we would, so I don't know <laughs> if there's any going back now. Like in retrospect, what were we thinking? Why did we think this would be anything other than what it is, which is like a very cheap, mediocre sitcom? I'm honestly, I thought there may be a little bit more nostalgia play than there was. Yeah, but you know, I mean, I just watched the pilot. I didn't watch the, the second episode. Um, you know, but other than that, you're just getting, you know, you know, you're getting a sitcom from a different time with like a pretty aggressive laugh track and um, very lots of they're just dad jokes. yeah, <laughs> just twenty two minutes of dad jokes. Dad jokes, yeah. And, Lots of hey, Fraser's really uptight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, look at silly yeah. uptight Fraser. Oh my gosh, his son is uh, like uh, acting as the father to his dead fireman buddy's baby. Ah, how will he handle this kooky situation? I don't know if it happened in the first episode because I let the second one play. Regrettably, um, but uh, now his son's moving into his apartment. What hijinks yeah. might ensue? Like. I- I, there must be a market for these things because they keep doing it. Um, but hopefully, we're learning our lesson. Um, if they if they bring Mad About You back, we're not watching it. <laughs> Indeed, that's. I'd say that's fair. Uh, um, you know, I think they've kind of run out of the must see TV ones. I'm, I'm pretty sure, pretty safe to say, Cosby ain't coming back. So, <laughs> womp, um, womp. <laughs> now, so wind up. Getting into this weird, like, thought digression about the um, incredible range of political uh, opinions on Cheers. <laughs> yeah, weird <laughs> like, scene. You know, like, um, 
Woody. Ted Danson and Woody Harrelson are like as left as you could get, I would say. And, yeah. Uh, and then you got uh, Kelsey Grammer and uh, Kirstie Alley and yeah. Ratzenberger. You yeah. Know, like, I bet Rhea Perlman is. Uh, I bet Rhea's on the Woody and 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 Ted side. Pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, she is a delight. Yeah, great question. Uh, Rhea Perlman, a delight on the Mindy Project, which I am watching for the first time um, in my in my shortly before I go to bed moments. And I gotta say, uh, a nice a nice counter to the incredible mediocrity of of the return of Frasier. Like it, it's quite a good show, the Mindy Project. Have you watched it? Uh, I have watched it in my life. I would say it's been a few years since I've seen one. Uh, and I did, it wasn't one of those where I like, made it all the way to the end. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows, but, but like, it's good fun as opposed to, uh, the Frasier reboot, which is just like it. I think I'm going to start using this as a criticism more often. Um, like if we're going to make f- things like this Frasier reboot, let the AI do it. Yeah, well, I just like... There's nothing about this that couldn't have been done by AI. You know, this show doesn't... Didn't understand necessarily what was so good about Fraser. you yeah. know? And certainly yeah. you're... You know, obviously some of them are dead. Right. <laughs> some of them just didn't want to participate. But, I, you know, you're just missing so much of the... Uh, so many of the characters... Right. That I think were... So, like, it wasn't like Fraser him Fraser Crane was such a compelling figure that, that like, he was the... Or, you know, the sun around which the show Fraser, you know, orbited, right? Like, you needed Roz, and you needed uh, Niles, and you need the dad, like Daphne, you know, like... Literally, you just named all the good parts of the show. So, Fraser's the least... I I left out the dog. (laughs) <laughs> I figured the dog comes with dad, you know, the, the yeah. Frasier was the least worth, it would be like remaking friends and, and you only have Ross. Right. Yeah. Like why <laughs> would you do that? Um, you know, or, or yeah. Or how I met your mother and it's all you get is Ted. Like the, I'm describing terrible television programs. <laughs> You know, oh god, that would be bad. Just the Ted show, would, would the Ted show, and that's what this is. It's the Frasier show in a way that is like not good. And the people they have brought in, you know, with respect to actors who are doing their jobs, like they, they, they are not. You know, the uh, neurotic nephew is not is not doing it for me. No, well, is he that supposed to be Niles essentially? It's like he's, he's filling in Niles' issues or something. Right, I, I guess, but I he's, didn't get what he was doing there at all. He's no David Hyde Pierce. Let's just say that. <laughs> that's that's fair. Um, yeah, this is it's not worth your time. We probably spent too much time. On we it. already did. I I feel like I feel like I was almost too nice to this show. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that brings us uh, to lessons in chemistry. Um, this one, I'm which also very interested to hear what you think. Uh, which I think it's a, a perfectly well-made show. The the problem for me is that 
and look, I'm assuming that they're kind of working off something of a true story here. I don't. I know. don't think so. I think it's a book, but oh, not a true story. Gotcha. I found the beats to be really predictable, and I I'm just going to spoil alert this because I don't really know how to to describe that without just giving away a bunch of plot points. Yeah. But, you know, like them falling in love was super predictable. Yes. I literally scene at the end of the second episode yeah um i literally called it out i'm like he's gonna get hit by a bus and yep. <laughs> it literally happens yep so i feel like that's a real problem that's and what is otherwise i think a pretty pretty interesting pretty good show um yeah so i'm just doing a little bit of research it uh, the book was inspired by the life of the author, but not not really um, real in any meaningful way. Um, gotcha. I mean, you can see in the next episode that, I, that hasn't aired yet, that I haven't even seen a preview of, but like, you can play this out, right? Like he's yes. the he's the star academic at the place or whatever, and she's the lab tech that they, no one really respects. And as soon as he's gone, uh, they'll just throw her aside like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, she'll be and fired. She'll be out of options. Someone's going to tell her her cooking is so good she should be on a TV right. show, and then she's going to do the TV show and sneakily teach women chemistry. And um, yeah, yeah, I like. Although, for very different reasons, I feel very similarly about Lessons in Chemistry as I did about Fair Play, which is that everyone seems to be doing their jobs, and I'm just not sure why we're here. Yeah. Like, I, if this was a true story about a woman who had done this and we didn't know about it, maybe that would be the answer to why we're here. Um, but... For fiction, like you said, like it's just very, very predictable. And although everyone is good, and they're certainly talking about real issues of sexism, and uh, there's some racism in here too. Um, I, I don't know who served by telling us about how there was pretty bad sexism and racism in the 60s with really pretty colors and good 50s. acting. 50s. You know. Oh, sorry. I was looking at the um, the Wikipedia page for the book, which is apparently set in the sixties. Gotcha. But I, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to get to the sixties. But the, the UCLA stuff or the sorry, no, you're right. It's the fifties. It's like um, fifty one. Yeah. And so again, like I, I guess if if there were, I want more out of my out of my art. I don't know what else to say. Like, be saying something or or making some point or argument or I don't know if not that, then at least be surprising and entertaining. And this is a little bit dreary, um, pretty bummery just in terms of the plot content. And like the message seems to be little more than whoo boy, that racism and sexism in the fifties, it was pretty bad. And I know, I know, 
I know, and there has to be a more interesting story to tell about it. Yeah, I, and it can certainly it can be a little bit heavy handed when it dives to the isms. But yeah, um, you know, and it does it it does make you wonder like how many people are so nostalgic for a time in our history where we're just openly awful to more than half the population. It's so um, crazy, but but you know, even putting that aside, like. If this show had something interesting to say or was surprising me at every turn, I'd be locked in because Brie Larson is excellent. Um, I enjoyed Lewis Pullman. And in general, like it's, you know, I think <laughs> I feel like if someone who was like born too late to have experienced in real time went back to Mad Men and you showed them the first season, they'd be like, so what? Because so many shows now do what's felt like a magic trick at the time of transporting you to the fifties or wherever. Right. Yeah. Like this show is impeccably set and shot and styled to transport you. But then when you get there, like nothing interesting happens. It's just the same old shit that we've seen a lot of. And that like does not move me at this point. Yeah. I always wonder if, if the character is served by having someone as pretty, you know, as and as obviously pretty as Brie Larson playing, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, I mean that's a that's a Hollywood problem we're not likely to solve in the next five minutes uh, <laughs> as we finish this podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> and I and I right like I if you have someone not that good looking playing her, I don't know if it's if as many people will watch. That's that's just a fact, you know. What yeah. I mean? But yep. Um. Just given the, who the character is, <laughs> it keeps on. <laughs> it's all yeah. Seems a little out of step. That's it all. does, and 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 again, like if there was something like bigger being said here, maybe maybe I would feel differently. But but it's just it seems very content to just like point out what things were like in the fifties. And I I don't I don't know, man. I I just. I think maybe we've reached a point of there are so many projects that like they there just aren't enough things that like people don't actually have this much to say. Um, <laughs> but like this really feels like a thing that got the got the go ahead because it's got great acting and the. You know, I don't even know who's directing it, but it, again, it looks great. It like it has all the pieces well, look, in place. A, there's a pattern to Apple shows, right? Like, you know, they they want they like a big star, uh, uh, particularly one that's done well in movies. It seems like yeah. Um, this really feels like a letdown from Apple to me, they, though. They sink a lot of money into it, right? So so they always look good, right? All the Apple shows look good. Um. You know, and usually there's there's pretty good direction and, um, you know, that stuff, too. So, yeah. yeah, you're right. Maybe there is, you know, and I think the ones that work well have, have something to say. And maybe the ones that don't, don't. You know what I mean? Right. Or if they don't have something to say, they're surprising or funny or what have you. But this is none of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bummer um, because Brie Larson is a national treasure and uh, deserves better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't. Here's the other part. Higher level best in this, I think. Yeah, and, and and the other part, 
Like, this is 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. So maybe it's just me that wants more. Like, maybe this is really pretty and the actors are convincing is enough for most critics. But I, I don't feel like that's a good thing if it's true. No. Well, you know, we've had some questions about Rotten Tomato ratings this year. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, ultimately, so. they're just an aggregation, so it's confusing at times. But, but yeah. Well, I think ultimately that means the question becomes of whose whose takes are we letting into this aggregation? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I that would be an interesting study to know. There's probably like some really interesting um, infographics to be made based on. Uh, if you like, if you sort of um, broke down Rotten Tomato ratings and showed different reviewers' ratings across different films, you'd have to talk yeah. to somebody at Rotten Tomatoes about that. It's a good that's idea. Pro- that's what I was gonna say. That's a project I'll leave for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we can continue that discussion just, off air. I'll just shout up Metacritic. And, and, and yeah, maybe that's way. the answer. Uh, is I just got to start looking up Metacritic. Should we see what Lessons in Chemistry gets on Metacritic? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. What's going to watch would be like 88. <laughs> it's a 69, which feels... Yeah, see, there you go. That, that feels... Closer. Yeah, that feels more accurate. Nice. Also nice. Feels nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note, I think we should get out of here, right? Yeah, yeah. That reminds me, my uh, my mother is turning 70 um, next year, and, you know, we're talking about doing something special for her birthday, and, you know, I was like, we should probably do it while you're still 69. It feels like more of a party age. Um, right. She was not, like, super she amused by that. that but No. But I did say <laughs> it, and it felt good. Yeah, I can see that we're good over like a left balloon. Um, <laughs> all right, it wasn't even like a lead balloon. It was more just like it. Everyone breezed right past it. Like that's the level I've reached with my family. You know, yeah. it's it when my jokes don't hit. It's it's not like people don't even bother to groan at me anymore. That just like conversation yeah. continues as if nothing ever happened. Just we're just moving on. <laughs> hey, it's part of being a dad. You know, I yep. got to do what I yep. got to dad. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> See, you're still groaning, so you week, know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to be light. There's a new challenge, obviously, so we're going to jump into that. And then um, uh, Fall of House of Usher, which, uh, which I left uh, from last week. Sorry, guys, for not getting my homework done. but No problem. I, I actually... Trying, trying to vacation. And I actually think... By the way... This is one thing I've noticed as a person that has been in some been in a series of hotels for almost the last two weeks. Having the ability to stream uh, to your television in the hotel is like is the new separating amenity. I feel like it makes yep. a, it's a big difference to the experience. A hundred percent. I at one point started traveling with an HDMI cord just in case they didn't have the capabilities. Yeah, I think I may bring a Chromecast on the road in yeah. the future. Yeah, because um, um, it really it changes everything if you can just lie in bed and watch your shit on the hotel TV. Yeah, uh, which often has fewer channels even than your regular TV does. So yeah, hotel TV um, is not what it used to be. Let's just say that it used to be you got you like walked into a hotel and you were like, "All oh, these channels, this is incredible," and now it's the opposite. 
Yeah, although the one I'm staying currently has like full on direct TV. Nice. Um, Shout out Wisconsin. But like, yeah, but, hola Wisconsin. That much on. <laughs> so, um, so maybe it's just TV. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the uh, terrestrial television anymore. That's no, for sure. no streaming though. But yeah. I got I got three hundred channels at least. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could you could like relive your youth and channel surf a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna have to do. It's an exciting time. Um, yeah. So, uh, one last programming note that we probably should have discussed ahead of time are we Are we going on Thursday next week? Um, oh, I don't know. I guess we, we probably should have discussed that ahead of time. Um, I think we can. Was what I'll say now. All right, I think we can. Let's expect the toy department to come out on Thursday with the challenge uh, flagship debuting on Wednesday night. And uh, I guess I'll talk to you then. All right. Sounds good. Bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling. And the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.